Hello, my name is Joe Rodriguez, and you're listening to Get the Money Right with Todd Butzer. Todd has decades of experience in giving real estate agents the training and resources they need to get their finances on track. In this episode, Todd will be talking about how to prepare yourself to make more money. And now, here's Todd. Thanks, Joe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 23 of Get the Money Right. We're so glad you're with us. So today, we're going to be switching gears a little bit. We've been talking a lot about what to do to protect your money, to manage your money, to monitor it, and so on for your business. And one area we really haven't touched on yet is what happens if we earn more? What would that look like? And I know it's talked a lot about in our industry, and there are some specific ways I think we can address this where we can benefit from the impact of earning more. Now, there's a big caution here, of course. If we haven't taken the steps that we've been talking about now for several weeks in terms of getting the money right, if we're not filing our taxes on time, if we don't have cash reserves, if we're not avoiding debt, we're still ramping up our debt, if we don't run off of a budget, if we're not routinely reviewing our financials, if we're not working with tax and bookkeeping professionals and so on and so forth, if we're not getting the money right, more is just going to compound it. It's just still going to be an issue. And we hear about it all the time. You've heard about it from our guests, agents that have done remarkable things financially in terms of revenue, but are still a mess financially and don't have any money, frankly, even though there's a lot streaming in. So Getting the money right is the big key here. Before we really even turn on the juice of getting more income coming in, let's make sure that what we do have coming in, we're managing properly. All right. So how do we do this? I've heard you know countless agents say, this is going to be the year that I'm going to make whatever, pick a number. And routinely, they fall short. And I think there's lots of reasons behind it. Number one reason is, is they really don't believe the number. They're simply making up a number, but they don't have any strategies or tactics or behaviors in place to reach that number. So where do we start with this? Because I think for a lot of us listening to this, we'd say it would help if I had more revenue coming in. And, and trust me, it will help if you have these other steps covered, like we've talked about already. So. The first place to start, I believe, is how you're thinking about the money. And what I mean by that, not to get too airy fairy here, but what what I mean by that is, how do you know the number you've picked is the right number? So for example, you might have kind of locked in your brain that you really want to make 100,000 a year, okay? Or you really want to make 200,000 a year or a million a year or whatever. How do you know that's the number? Because frankly, if you can do 150,000 in gross commissioning, you can probably do 650, or you could do a million, or you could do 2 million, because you've proven you can sell homes. You've already shown that. So the first thing to do is kind of get your mind around the number. Now, when you're getting your mind around the number, it's also critical to make sure that you're representing that number properly. And we've talked about this before. So for example, if 
let's just pick a hundred thousand for an easy topic here. Let's say that the number you're looking for is a hundred thousand. Okay. That would help your family immensely. Okay, great. We can't target then a hundred thousand as our gross commission income. That cannot be our goal for the year because if we target a hundred thousand for our goal for the year, then our income will really be more close to 40 to 50,000. We're going to fall well short if that becomes our targeted number. So if we're going to hit, for example, 100,000, we want 100,000, then the revenue or the gross commission side of this has to be closer to two to 250,000. And leaders in your office can help you you know, dial that in. But that's really, let's make sure we're right about the actual target. Okay. And then the second part about that, that kind of goes hand in hand, and I've already touched on it a little bit is how do we know that target is right? And I've seen a lot of agents where they get kind of trapped into a number because frankly, no one in their family has ever made more than that. Or that's just kind of what they believe they can make. So, you know, I don't think I'll ever do more than 250 a year. Well, that's probably correct then. Or I don't know if I'll ever do more than 100. Or that's really all I need. Or you get the idea here. You know, there's been an interesting phenomenon in real estate. And maybe it always existed and I never saw it. Okay. But over the last several years, and this has been going on for a while now, there's been a new breed of agent who does not seem to be limited by their brain in terms of, well, I'm only going to go out and I'm going to do X per year. They come out of the gate and it almost becomes like a a competition for them against themselves. And they really don't show any signs of having limits on themselves. And what I'm talking about is agents who are doing several hundred thousand in GCI in their very first year or agents that are doing three, 400 units in their very first year, things like that, where they just come out of the gate and they really don't seem to have limits on themselves. So a big part of this is checking your insights, so to speak, as to what your limits really, really are. And again, going back to an earlier episode, when I'm talking about this kind of revenue increases, I'm not talking about stuff. I'm not talking about you going out and buying a bunch of stuff. I'm talking about asset growth. Okay. All right. So the first step, let's work on getting our mind around it. Incidentally, now I'm going to move on in this conversation. That's a tough thing for a lot of people to do. And if it were easy, more would do it. So it's hard for some people to say, I got to think well beyond what I've been thinking. And it becomes kind of a daily exercise, if you will, of pushing your brain. A coach can be a big, big help in this particular area. Okay. The next step that I would look at if I'm working to increase my revenue is I'm going to get some data to support my decision. So I'm going to look at my market that I work in, and I'm going to calculate my current market share. For some of you listening, that might be a substantial number right now. For others of us, it could be you know, a fairly small part of the pie. Where I'm going here is, as you look at the total closed units in your market in the last 12 months, could you get a larger share of that? And here's the good news. The market does not care who wins. 
I'll say that again. The market does not care who wins. And here's what I mean by that. You've all witnessed this. You've seen an agent start in a market area and pick a number. They do 150 units in their very first 12 months. Well, wait a minute. Where did those units come from? Because that individual was not in the marketplace a year ago. And all of a sudden, they come in and they take 150 units. Well, it's because the market doesn't care. Where I'm going there is you can take more units from the marketplace. You simply can. So the first part here is let's get our mind around this, okay? The second thing is we're going to look at the data of the area that we're serving, and we're going to see if it will support more. And chances are, folks, it's going to support more. The next step then is to do the math on the real number of units we need to hit. We've touched on this in a previous episode, so I'm not going to go real deep here. But if you look at the total gross commissions you need to do next year or the next 12 months, whatever, and you're looking at your average commission rate, it varies by agent, right? All across the board, it's an individualized negotiated fee. So you're going to have to find your average commission rate and you're going to calculate how much commission you get per unit and so on. You're going to determine how many units you need to do in the next 12 months. Now, there's we can go a lot further here. We can talk about conversion rates on appointments and you can break it all the way down to how many appointments do you actually need to be going on? And I'd encourage you to work with a colleague, work with leadership in your office and so on to help you determine how many appointments do you need to be going on every single week to convert the right number then to get the number of units and so on, okay? Now, again, it's easier said than done in this, but we've gotten our mind around the idea that we are going to create more, okay? We've already taken care of the money in terms of we've separated our accounts, we're paying our taxes on time and so on and so forth. So we're getting the money right. We just want more of it coming in. Next thing to look at is our lead generation strategies and tactics that we've got in place. So I was teaching a class in a city where it was a bunch of real estate agents. And I said to them, what's your number one job? And as a group, they said, well, our number one job is to lead generate. That's our biggest thing we have to do. And in this vernacular, we said, what's in your 20%? What's your biggest thing you have to take care of you know, daily? And they said, it's lead generation. I said, okay, so that's your word. You're all telling me this. And they were, as a group, really unified in that comment. And then I said, okay, so real quickly, write down for me your top three lead generation sources. And folks, what I got was a bunch of people fidgeting and looking up at me and kind of hiding behind their phones saying, please don't call them because they didn't have them. Now, if we think about this, if this is our most important thing to do as a business, but we don't, we can't write down what we do to generate the leads, then we have a gap there, right? We do have a gap. So as you look at your lead generation, one of the first questions I would have about that is how much time did you spend last week in lead gen mode? Okay, that would be one question. The next question about lead generation is the same one I asked that group. What are your top three, four, or five sources of lead gen? In other words, where did your business come from last year? Here's what I find. I'm not beating anybody up here. I find that most agents cannot tell you where it came from by the number. 
they can't say 32% came from repeat and referral business and 20% came from open houses and 15% came from farming my neighborhood. They can't do that. So on a side note, it would be a really good place to be is to be able to just pick out those numbers. So where is your business currently coming from? On a side note, as you think about your lead generation and communicating with for example, your local farm that you're managing, are you the local market expert? And here's where I'm going there. I had a group of agents in a room. And again, there were maybe about 100 or so in the room. And we were doing some business planning. And I asked the group, who all worked in the same community, I said, what's happened to your market year to date versus last year? Is it up or down? And if it is up or down, which... How much is it up or how much is it down? What percent? In terms of closed units, no one knew. Out of 100 or so agents, two guessed, and they were off by a long shot. And the other 98 didn't say a word because they didn't know. Now, I'm not going to get real preachy on that. I'm just going to say this. This is what they do every day for a living. This is their profession. And they don't have any idea, really. They might say things like, well, the market's up a little bit. but how much is it up? And is it trending up or is it trending down? And what's happening with absorption? How many months of supply are on the market right now? What's our average time on market? What's happening in this particular pocket of this particular neighborhood? What's happening with inventories and so on? Do we really, really know as we do our lead gen? Or is that just kind of a thing that we haven't paid much attention to? So there's big, big benefit there, folks, is becoming that local expert, where when people stop you or you have an opportunity to go talk to somebody about a listing or whatever, you've got this in your head because you actually know your market. Now, many of you listening have that wired, and, and I applaud you for that. Next, as you thought about, okay, I'm, trying to, I'm going to get my money right around the money. I'm going to get that right. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to examine the actual marketplace to get the data that supports that I can absolutely go do this and that the market doesn't care who wins. I'm going to examine my lead gen sources and look at where I'm getting most of my business from and maybe fine tune those along the way because top agents are fine tuning all the time. And the last little bit for this conversation today that I'm going to ask you about is your systems. So for example, you've been asked to come out and list someone's home tomorrow night or two nights from now or two afternoons from now, whatever. What kicks in automatically in your business? Does the pre-list packet automatically get pulled together in some fashion? Maybe you're a sole owner and you're just all by yourself and you do it, but does that kick in automatically? Is the pre-list packet couriered over to the owner? automatically or whatever means you use, what systems kick into place prior to going over to this listing? Let's say all goes well at that listing in two days and they sign. What happens automatically now? What are the 15 things or the 22 things or the eight things that kick into place immediately now that you've gotten that listing? your marketing vehicles, your social media vehicles, your scheduled showing, open houses, tours, whatever those are, your video tours, your staging, all of those things that come into play when you list a property, what are kicking in automatically 
as soon as you take that listing. Now, if you think about this, and hopefully as you're listening, you're conjuring up ideas around this. If you think about this, we can apply this in all areas of our business. For example, we work an open house. We meet two or three people at the open house that are you know, legitimate potential buyers. What do we do? What automatically kicks in? Did we actually make an appointment with them while they were there? And so on. We drive by a for sale by owner in our neighborhood. Great. What kicks in automatically? What is our system for dealing with that? So that we know that it's repeatable every time a property becomes available in our market area that we're serving that is offered by an owner, what do we do every time? Now, in a really hot market, in a really fast market, we know that expired listings sometimes are not as viable. There's not as many of them. But when markets shift, expired start to hit the market more often. What automatically takes place in your business when an expired listing in your market area hits the market or takes off the market, so to speak? What automatically kicks in? You meet someone at a, at a party. And there's an exchange there and they say, you know, hey, I'd always be interested in getting some investment real estate. Okay, great. What happens automatically? When you get a lead like that, how do you capture the lead? How do you follow up and nurture the lead until it's time to make an offer? What are the systems that occur once an offer has been made if you're working with a buyer or you're working with a seller and an offer has been made? What are the systems that kick in in your business? So that this is not a ragtag, reactionary, jump to this, jump to that kind of a scenario. This is a systematic business. We're systematic, folks, in our lead generation. We're systematic in our lead follow-up, our lead capture and follow-up. We're systematic in how we approach our listings and our marketing. We're systematic in how we market ourselves. We are systematic in our social media campaigns. We are systematic financially too, remember. Now, here's the good news. I said earlier, the market doesn't care who wins and it doesn't. And I recall the woman that I was working with closely years ago who got the money right, really focused on the money and taking care of it. And then she exploded in her business. And now the money was already taken care of. She was running great margins. She was doing all the proper things fiscally and financially. And her business just ballooned. And I remember her saying to me one day, she said, you know, this is changing our family tree. Our kids are going to be able to go to whatever school they want to go to that they can get into. We're going to have money set aside for those families. We're going to be able to take different kinds of trips we're going to be able to have our own vacation home because we're changing the entire financial aspects of our family here. And she's doing it because she got the money right first and then she exploded on the lead gen. By the way, I'm not saying you slow the lead gen down while you're getting the money right. Keep the lead gen going. We don't want that to slow down or shut off. I'm just saying in order of importance, we got to make sure we're taking care of the money first, and then let's really ramp up going and getting more. That concludes this episode of Get the Money Right. To stay up to date on the latest and get the money right, 
Follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn, and be sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. If you want to support the show, please leave a five-star review and share it with your friends. If you're a real estate agent who's getting their money right and want to be guests on the show, please submit all inquiries to getthemoneyright.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day.